Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed you are joining us for part three of what has been an absolutely fabulous three-part interview with Stacy Lynn Harp, host of the long-running podcast, Bible News Radio. Amen. She's been doing this program ever since 2005 and has interviewed over 1,500 different Christian influencers in that time. That is simply amazing. I've interviewed about 900 people on this podcast alone, so I know the time and dedication she has been devoting to the Lord and getting the word out about current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Her expertise in most of her interviews are discussing the perversion of the homosexual lobby, the transgenderism, and all of the efforts to cover up the pedophilia that's being perpetrated against our children today, all in the name of the LGBTQT agenda. Now, if you missed any of our discussion thus far, I urge you to go back and listen to the first two episodes as she has laid out a lot of things that just bear it all out there that the government and the gay lobbyists do not want you to even know about. Amen? All right. Let's join the conclusion of interview now with Stacy Lynn Harp. Amen. Well, all I have to say is thank you, Jesus, because at least I know the word's getting out. You know, right. And uh, that's all it takes. But well, let me ask you this. You've talked with a lot of Christian influencers over the years. What do they have to say about the state of the church in America right now? I think it depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, I I think that the, I I don't know. It's a hard. That's a hard question to answer on behalf of my guests. Mm-hmm. I will say that those who are activists, it's a general consensus. Yeah. I would say the activist people that I know who cover these serious issues, they would agree with me that basically we're under God's judgment. Um, you cannot, I mean, honestly, you can't look at what's gone on the last couple of years and not see that. I mean, it just exactly. last couple of years with COVID. Now, I don't know where you stand on that stuff, but I will tell you that for me, the number one thing that I noticed after this whole COVID thing, first of all, me and my husband, the day that the big thing came down, they started shutting churches down. I told my husband, I said, he looks at me. I looked at him. I, he, he said, it's starting. I said, yep. And I've been warning people. I've been telling people, you better memorize God's word because they're coming for it. Yeah. They've already banned the Bible apps in China, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my background, understanding Christian persecution to the depth that I do, because I covered it for eight years with the voice of the martyrs, I, I will tell you that... Most Christians have no clue what the heck's going on. Oh, exactly. exactly. No, I agree. It, I agree. This COVID thing was the biggest con played on our our world. Um, it was just and, a dry run. It's a, it oh, just a dry run for the real thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there there's just so much. I'm not vaccinated. My husband's not vaccinated. But and I you're can still tell, here. I'm still here, and I haven't been <laughs> sick either. I, I mean, I've had a common cold, but I haven't gotten COVID that I know of. If I did, I was tired, but that was it. Yeah. Um, but 
it it is you watch how the pastors okay i'll I'll say this and you watch the pastors who shut down their churches you know what they did and i don't even know most of them didn't know that they did this they became a state-run church at that point yep yep in china you have a state-run church it's called the three self church Mm -hmm. china happens to be the nation with the largest Bible printing press. It's called Amityville Press. They print up the state Bibles to put in their state-run church. They have a little thing in the front of the Bible that says this belongs to the state. The state, the pastors of the state-run church listen to the government to tell them what to preach. And they tell them what not to preach. That There's a huge underground thing. I saw that I, when I went back to my little Baptist church here for the first time. And I go in and there's tape through the whole thing, caution tape, you know, oh, every other aisle and stuff. I had conflicting feelings because before I became a member of my current church, um, I had a a very long talk with the pastor. And I said, this is where I stand on this issue. Now, I've been pretty much, I can't say thrown out of every church I've been in, but... (laughs) But misunderstood at the very least. People don't understand what I, who I am, I guess. I mean, I'm sweet and lovable. Anybody that knows Amen. Amen. The problem is, is that if you talk about these hard issues, it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think a big part of the church is asleep. I think most of it's apostate. I think the leadership are mostly hirelings. And yeah. I also think that we have very few people who are who are making disciples. And Amen. Amen. That's not a popular thing to Amen. say. But was, I'm in 100% agreement, and, and that's that's why I've been. I'll I'll use your quote, not really thrown out of churches, but, yeah. you know, but uh, you know, and in my opinion, and I've let this be known, that I hold the church leadership basically 100% responsible at fault for the degradation of our society. Because I remember when prayer was removed from schools. Yeah. I remember when they took the Ten Commandments down from the, the bulletin board thing in the, in the classrooms. I remember how back then most church parking lots were full on Sunday mornings and all the businesses were closed. You know? yeah. And God mm-hmm. help you if you needed gasoline. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You'd better get it on Saturday or at least wait till after one o'clock on a Sunday. But right. after after those events happened, you know, things started to change once they started, you know, doing this stuff. And then the free love movement started, which led to unwanted pregnancies, which led to abortions. And, you know, here we are today. But I truly believe, and I've let it be known, and that upsets some people, that if the pastors and church leaders back in the mid-60s would have just stormed the halls of Congress and protested, not electing any politicians that were wanting to, you know, pass that kind of liberal agenda. I don't think we'd be where we are today, but that's just right. my opinion. You know, uh, what's you know your well, I agree. And I will say that they've been sold this lie about the separation of church and state. And it's interesting. I just got done teaching a biblical uh, citizenship class that David Barton's wall builders, they, they have this thing. And I told the ladies that came into my class, I said, you know, look, we're, we're going to learn about the separation of church and state. You know, Thomas Jefferson put that little phrase in a letter to the Danbury Baptist. <laughs> but uh, but one thing that they actually didn't say in the training that Barton put out um, was that if, and you can do this, Bob, I dare you to, I, I can actually show it to you on the internet. But if you just put in separation of church and state Marxist, 
you will come up with the websites that actually show you how in the Marxist communist constitutions, they actually have the separation of church and state phrase. That's what I try. But American pastors, by and large, don't understand this. And so they get scared because of their their nonprofit. First of all, I don't even know in all the almost 30, 20 something years I've done this show, I don't know of one nonprofit that has had their thing taken away. Exactly. I mean, it's very hard to exactly. do that. It's yeah. like, but the Black Robe Regiment, I, I know people who are part of that today. It's like, yeah, you know what? Jack Hibbs, who I absolutely adore, and Chino Hills, you know. He he was convicted about something, and he finally stood up. Uh, my friend, Pastor Andy Woods, down in Texas, Sugarland Bible Church, great guy. He didn't shut his church down. J.D. Frog in, in Hawaii, he didn't shut his church down. Yep. Uh, these guys are all my friends, right? Yep. And I'm like, okay, so it's not just me. Billy Crown, Pastor Billy Crown, he didn't either. These guys are yep. solid Bible teachers. They're prophecy yep. experts. They're teaching God's word, and the and those churches are growing. Yeah. We're doing it, but the the other churches John were MacArthur. like, oh, um, John MacArthur didn't shut his church down. Uh, uh, There's some Castle, controversy about him, though. <laughs> yeah, but Steve Castle, we went to Bible school together. He has a nice church up in Dina, uh, Illinois. But uh, he, when they first announced it, he put he he, he bought radio ads. Our church is remaining open. I mean, they they brought a lot. The state of Illinois brought a lawsuit against this church, and he stood up against it. And he was interviewed on all sorts of news channels and stuff. And he said, "I'm not shutting down. They can come arrest me. They can put padlocks on the door, and I'll kick the door in." He said, "We're going to have church, you know." And you know, I mean, you know, yeah. And believe it or not, I don't know how your your radio station was. Our minister actually grew. During that time, because, you know, I'm still preaching on the radio and, and stuff like that. And our our podcast listening audience jumped, our radio listening audience jumped, because everyone was shut down. They wanted to hear the word of God. And, right. uh, you know, I've been trying to get pastors on the radio and, and stuff like that for, you know, two, three years, or at least before that. And uh, <laughs> once the shutdown happened, all of a sudden I became really popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, can you help me, you know, like preach sermons? And then my people can watch them. Sure. I'll even show you how to videotape them, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, we start doing that, but yeah. Oh uh, yeah. For me, just, it, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Every time <laughs> I think about this, you know, so. but okay. So here's the other issue. The other issue is biblical illiteracy, right? Oh yeah. When, and, and during COVID since you brought that up, I will say during COVID, I had my friend Pam Gillespie um, message me and she said, I'm going to be doing this Bible reading accountability thing. Um, it's a 50-day program. We're going to get on Zoom in the morning first thing. We're going to check in. We're going to talk about where we're going to read because most people don't read. Most Christians don't read the whole Bible. I have now. I can tell you for sure, without a doubt, I've read the whole Bible. And I and I had prior to this too. But I told Pam, you know, I'm not going to pay you 50 bucks to do this with you. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm poor, just so you know, right? And so she's like, yeah, just come for free or whatever. So she, it ended up that 12 people signed up for this thing all over the country. Couple in Las Vegas, couple people in Florida, couple people in Illinois, me here in Tennessee, us 12 women, we didn't even know each other. So we started doing this thing, checked in, 
Um, this is where I'm going to read today. And then we come back, we debrief for about 15 minutes. And then the following morning, we did this. It was supposed to be 50 days. About two weeks in, I gave Pam 50 bucks. I said, here you go. Because what happened was the Lord convicted me of my um, lack of really serious study. Now, I'm I'm a very serious Bible student. I mean, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum was one of my favorite mentors. I knew his wife, Marianne, very well, who mentored me as a baby disciple. Um, so I have a really solid theological background, as, and I love apologetics, which is highly weird for a woman. Most women you don't meet are <laughs> most. I'm not your Beth Moore Bible study girl. I'm I'm a serious thinker. Anyway, but a couple of weeks into this Bible reading thing, um, that thing, we actually did it for about six months, and then we broke off into groups. So during COVID, what happened was... Um, God really laid on my heart to begin mentoring and discipling people that way. We saw people come to Christ as a result because they hadn't read the whole Bible. Yeah. And our whole goal was, you know, and then I have a daily disciples group on Facebook. You'll love this. Um, for years, I've been trying to get people to just read the Bible. That's all I wanted. And I got on my daily disciples Facebook group and Facebook and I said, Okay, I want you to blah, blah, blah. And the Lord spoke to me. He's like, why don't you ask people to read the Bible with you? And I'm like, that ain't going to work. you know. <laughs> and he's like, no, really, try it. And I'm like, it's not going to work, but I'll do what you say. So I, said, so I texted my list. I said, okay, who wants to read the Bible with me in this Facebook group? And I started getting all these responses from people I didn't expect to hear from. I was like, okay, I would never thought that. I mean, I prejudged everybody. I'm a judger. I can't help it. And... <laughs> And so then I had a team of people. We I had two people. It started out two people a day were reading one chapter. We started with the book of Psalms. Um, and anyway, to make a long story short, we are now finishing the book of Isaiah. We have Jeremiah and Lamentations left of the Bible. Amen. So, and I will tell you that some of the, some of my friends that I had no idea that they would do this. I had one of my friends come to me and say, you know, I want to tell you that before I started reading this Bible passage every week, I was drinking alcohol at night to help me sleep. I'm not now, but I was, I had another guy come, uh, his wife was reading and, and um, her husband kept hearing her read, and he was kind of back and forth with his relationship with God. And he came to her and he said, do you think Stacy will let me read? And I said, are you kidding me? Of course. And so he started to read and he died last year or earlier this year. But he's in the presence of the Lord. I found out his daughter had been praying for him to get into the word and go to church. So that's just from Bible reading. Amen. Yeah. Now, Amen. Amen. we read almost the whole Bible out loud on, on Facebook in that group. Um, and I've started Bible studies. I'm a precept trainer. I, you know, I do these online zoom studies. So a lot of the activism stuff that I do outwardly on Bible news radio, really heart tug, which is our ministry focuses on that behind the scenes discipleship. But I do, and I coach people counsel. I'm not licensed as a therapist because of the gay agenda. I saw it was going to happen back then. Yeah. And so it's, you know, Amen. Amen. So that was actually my next question was about your Bible reading accountability group. So you're right on my track here. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, right <laughs> now I'm not how, doing how someone, any group. How can someone sign up for that and get more information on it? Well, if they want to be a part of that, then just message me. And I'm I'm actually in the process of, of trying to just start another one, not 50 days in a row, but maybe once a week. 
Um, because what happens is you get the same people and then everybody gets flaky and you know, all that. Yep. <laughs> but I actually have a text group. I have a group right now that we on signal where we do text each other where we're going to read today. So Amen. Amen. and I know a lot of people, you know, what we see today is also recorded in the Bible as what life is supposed to be like just before the return of our Messiah, Jesus. Yeah. So where do you see us on the prophetic timeline? Oh, I think the clock is ticking. I think we're very close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think that the second hand is moving. Yeah. I think the minute hand's there. And the reason I say that is there's a lot of reasons. That's Number cool. one, Israel. People have to look at Israel. Mm-hmm. And if you're not looking at what's going on with Israel and the anti the rise of anti-Semitism right now, it's it's mm-hmm. it's massive and it's been growing and growing and growing. But our nation turning against Israel under not only Obama, I will tell you, I have friends uh, from Israel 365 um, who are Jewish. They're not Christians. When Trump was our president, um, he should still be our president. But And I don't trust Trump completely either, by the way. And I will right. say the reason why is because he kowtowed out. Why? Right. And part of the Supreme Court, they did things, too, you wouldn't expect. So, there, you know, there's fishy stuff there. But when Trump decided to move the embassy back to Jerusalem, I got messages from my friends in Israel saying, we love this president. We're so thankful for him. You get Biden in there. He he reversed all that. Right. Um, you know, the Bible predicts that the whole world has to turn against Israel. So I'm like, OK. Things are just falling into place, right? Yep. Jan Markell from All Tree Views kind of coined that phrase. Things are just falling into place. Tom Hughes says it. Um, you know, all these other guys, they're saying it. Um, but the problem is, is the church doesn't talk about Israel. Exactly. And if you look at Bible theology, often passages that are strictly for Israel, people misconstrue them about the church. It's not, yeah. no, no, this right. isn't it's about the church. church replacement. That's right. No. And... So, so that drives me crazy too. So I, I go, okay, look, the rapture could happen any minute, literally. Yeah, yeah. The second coming won't happen until the rapture takes place. In my opinion, that's how I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Israel repents and says, okay, we're going to call back on the name of the Lord to get saved. And that's not going to happen until the whole world turns against them and the Antichrist is there already exactly. doing what he's doing. So yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you look at, you know, this situation right now, Russia, Ukraine, the sanctions on Russia, uh, you know, that's hurting Russia economically. So Europe is now against Russia as well and the sanctions and stuff. Russia provides their fuel, right? So mm-hmm. they said, we'll show you. Well, we got to do maintenance on our pipelines. <laughs> so you're going to get cold this winter, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know. You got the oil embargoes and stuff with Iran, but Israel suddenly has this huge deposit of oil, and they're in the process of uh, building a pipeline going to Europe. It's take another year or so to finish it, and Israel be supplying Europe, so they don't have to rely on Russia. Well, that just dips into Russia's economy, and you know they're already hurting. So I see, and I've talked to you know like Nathan Jones and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but you know that opens up. The Ezekiel 38, where Russia comes in from the north, Persia comes in from the south, Persia's Iran, they come in right. from the south, they're, and the three-axle, 
three axis alliance is already in place because China is now part of that group. You know, we're going to back Russia and whatever they do. They say they're coming in from the, I mean, they're all coming against Israel. One thing we don't see is the United States coming to oh, help yeah. Israel. Right. And well, I there, think, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I wouldn't say there's, I think there's a couple of reasons we, we don't see the United States, but I, and I think one of them is because they're trying to merge Canada, Mexico and us all together. And I think that that's why they're fighting for no borders. Mm -hmm. I think that's some of it, but go ahead. No, exactly right. Because I was going to say that, you know, you, you don't let 5 million people invade your country without changing the country. Right. You know, that's, well, it's by design. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, with all this stuff going on right now in the United States, I think, I think it just weakens us to the point where, we're not going to be able to, to, we're just going to tell Israel, Hey, you're on your own. And that fulfills Bible pop prophecy right there. Yep. So I'm, I'm right there with you a hundred percent. Praise the Lord. We are, oh, man, we're just about out of time. Tell us about your radio program a little bit more Bible news radio. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. This has been the best interview so far. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Bible, Bible News Radio is, um, we we air basically once a week now um, when I'm not on sabbatical, which I'm currently on. Uh, and I basically do what the show's title is. I look at the Bible, I look at the news, and it's on internet radio. It's not on actual radio. Um, but um and I interview people and I, I share my opinion, but, you know, at the heart of it is basically trying to get people back into the word of God, because, <laughs> because if you're not in God's word, then you're, you don't know where, where God is. And I will right. tell you something, this Bible reading accountability thing really changed my life in so many different ways. I will tell you, there was not too long ago, I was reading and I was reading in Revelation chapter four. And, you know, the four creatures, the, the, the four creature face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. One morning I was reading this and, and I was reading that and, you know, I've heard think people say, oh, that creatures, the lion represents this and the eagle represents America, all this stuff. It doesn't. I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and the Lord spoke to me like clear as day. And he's like, go back and read Genesis. Cause I know you want to know what this means. And I'm like, where in Genesis? He's like, at the beginning. I'm like, okay. So I go back and I'm reading through the beginning of Genesis, first couple chapters, and I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, really? So that creature, you know, and it's just a semantic thing. It's it's not, this isn't going to change anybody's theology, but the the eagle is the king of the of the birds, right? The the cow is the king of the livestock. And then you got a humanity who is the king of God's creation, or is you know woman because we were last, but we were the crown. Uh, Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, and then the lion is the king of the beast, right? So I was like, you're trying to tell me that this just represents these are the top things of creation. Well, if you continue reading through Revelation at the very bottom of chapter four, um, they're singing a song about creation and all that. And I was like, Lord, that is so cool. I showed my husband. He didn't even know it. He knows everything. But I thought, you know what? I told told Randall, I said, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to look in some commentaries and see if anybody else has seen this. And this was so funny. I'm reading through these commentaries. I'm like, that's not right. That's no. David Guzik, you're wrong on that. You're so wrong. <laughs> 
And then I get to this other thing and at the very bottom in a footnote, it said Messianic rabbi said in almost exactly word for word what I thought is what that guy said. And I was like, yes, it was a Jewish guy who got it. I'm part Jewish. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, found that out. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Amen. That that is so cool. I have to check that out myself. You should. Amen. Uh, You also have Bible study programs that people can join, and you do biblical Mm -hmm. counseling service. Share a little bit about those programs as we get ready to close. So our Bible studies, I do them on Zoom. Um, I've, I actually just got done doing, the, like I said, the biblical, biblical citizenship class, but usually the Bible studies are precept studies. I'm actually working on my own yet people. And I'm actually thinking about doing um, another one on the life of Christ from a Jewish perspective, which I think most believers don't know. That's and true. that changed my life. When I began to understand the Bible and the context it's written, it changes your walk forever. Cause you're like, Oh, this makes so much sense. Um, so we do that, but I put info about that. I, I'll email that. I put that on my email, throw that out there. Um, and then counseling, I do that as well. That is fee-based. Uh, that is the one thing I don't do for free. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, do you have any books or anything that uh, you want to share with us? I've written a little book called Pickleball Faith Inspiration on and off the court. I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, which is funny because it's it's really shows you the sanctification process and who I am as a person and how mm-hmm. God put me in a community. And um, I will tell you that um, that book has already sold close to 400 copies already. For a not, you know, for a no name like me with, you know. So, well, amen. Amen. Well, God, he can do amazing things. Amen. I'll put a link to all this down in the show notes. But, Stacey, this has been so interesting. And I am truly blessed by hearing about, you know, all that you have going on for the Lord because this is so awesome. Man. You and your husband, Randall, are to be commended. I mean, I'm still in awe of 1,500 interviews. Praise God. Just keep that up. Amen. If someone has a question or they want to get more information, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Um, best place is hearttug.org. And there's two T's, Heart Tug. And the name of our nonprofit is Heart Tug International. We actually named it after our dog, Tuggy Bear. He died. <laughs> so we thought heart, we heart tug, we hearted tug. I know. it. Does, it does, but that's okay. It works. <laughs> that's right. Amen. I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below. Folks, you definitely need to check out Bible News Radio. I mean, I am absolutely a fan. I subscribe because I am so blessed that Stacy has taken the time to come on our program today. And you need to drop down to the show notes, click the links right there, and go check out Bible News Radio and all the other things Stacy and her husband Randall have going on in the body of Christ. Order her book, Pickleball, what was it again? Pickleball Faith. Pickleball Faith. Pickleball is becoming very popular right now. You know it's the number is. one growing sport in America. Yeah. yeah. Amen. <laughs> Mark Cuban just bought a team, so. <laughs> I never heard of it till like two weeks ago. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, like check out the links down below. Everything that they have going on for the body of Christ is right there in the show notes. Just drop down the show notes, click the links right there. Stacy, thank you again for coming on the program today. I do appreciate it. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. Of course, Stacy Lynn. Harp and myself, this Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. 
With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.